Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to The Overwhelmed Brain. My name is Paul Coliani. I'm a personal empowerment coach. And this is a special midweek edition of the show. Just a mini show. Every now and then I put these in here. I mean like every few months. I might put something in the middle of the week just to connect with you, just to um, share a message with you. If I have something going on, if I feel the need to communicate with you. The reason I'm putting out this midweek episode is I'm going to be very transparent. It is twofold. One is to talk a little bit about social anxiety. And two is to have you take a survey on social anxiety. I actually want to know if you experience any form of social anxiety or what's also referred to as social phobia. And that is when you're in a group of people and you don't feel comfortable in that group of people. And this discomfort comes from many many different things. Maybe uh, you feel like someone's looking at you and you feel uncomfortable about that. Maybe you feel someone's judging you and you feel uncomfortable about that. Maybe you feel too tall. Maybe you feel like your clothes are ugly or you're ugly or you're too big or too small or too tall or too short. There's all kinds of reasons and I've only listed just one one million of the reasons that we can develop social phobia. So I wanted to just highlight this a little bit because if you're experiencing it, I want to know. Now, the twofold reason for this is I'm creating something for people with social anxiety to help them not only get better with their social anxiety, decreasing it and making them feel better about being in public places, or anywhere they experience social anxiety, but also being able to get through it when you experience it. So this is a product I'm working on, and I want to be able to create it so that you get the most benefit from it. I don't want to just put it out there and go, okay, I hope this works for everyone. I'm actually gathering like 20 to 25 experts to talk about this, to really hone in on what it takes to overcome social anxiety. And I know if you have this, if you have social anxiety, you've done probably a lot of research on it and they always point to the same things, you know, weeks or months of therapy, of group therapy. And I don't disagree with that. If you are experiencing this, then I absolutely recommend therapy if you can't get over it. But then there are those people that don't want to go to therapy, don't want to talk about it, are too afraid to leave the house. And I want to reach those people. I want to reach you. If you're that person, that's that's why I'm creating this product. But I'm not going to talk about that too much right now because uh, I'm going to share with you uh, some social anxiety that came up for me. I know that's a shock. (laughs) Here I am talking to hundreds of thousands of people and I experience social anxiety. Well, I tell you what, the perfect job for someone with any amount of social anxiety is in an office or a studio alone behind a microphone. (laughs) I'm not anywhere near the public eye. 
And so when I do leave, when I do go out in public, you know, I don't have too many of my photos out there in the world, but I've created videos and I, I have some photos out there that people can recognize me so that I am still able to walk through a supermarket and not have somebody come up to me and go, I know who you are. <laughs> I'm waiting for that day. In fact, I was just talking to a client about that the other day. I said, I'm waiting for that day for someone to come up to me. And I think that'll be kind of exciting. But then there's that point where the balance of privacy versus popularity tips and suddenly if more and more people start recognizing me then I have to realize that if I have any level of social anxiety about that I should address it so I, I am very aware of this in me and to tell you the truth most of my life I've not been socially anxious at all I mean I am pretty comfortable in crowds. I sometimes feel like I can be the center of attention and I like to make people laugh. But every now and then there are certain situations where I don't feel comfortable, where I don't want to deal with people. I don't know if that's the same thing as social anxiety where you walk into a room full of people and they are the type of people that maybe you don't want to talk to, you don't care about, or you don't want to deal with them. For example, my girlfriend took me to a political rally in the county we live in. And I've never attended one of these. I'm becoming more politically aware of things. But she took me to a political rally and I really didn't want to be there. But it was okay because we got to hear the candidates giving their speeches and telling us what they're going to do for us and how they want to change our city or our state. And I thought it was, you know, pretty interesting. Until someone approached me with a clipboard <laughs> and uh, they stared at me, they sat down next to me and my thoughts are like, okay, <laughs> what am I going to say? I really don't care about giving my opinion. I don't want to be on some mailing list. All these thoughts went through my head. Again, this may not be labeled as social anxiety, but I felt something about that. I felt negative about it. I didn't feel like I could say, hey, you know, I'm not interested. You know, I'm just here with my girlfriend and we're just going to listen to what the, the um, candidates say. But I didn't go there. In fact, I went in the opposite direction. I said something that came out of me before I even thought about it. And it was a little mean. And after it came out, and I'll share in a second, after it came out, I thought, what the heck did I just say? <laughs> Why did I say that? Why did I feel the need to say that particular thing to that person and make her uncomfortable? Because that's what I did. I made her uncomfortable. I made myself uncomfortable, even more uncomfortable than I was. So, like I said, she approached me. She was staring at me, and I felt like it's a solicitor that you don't want to talk to. Uh, but she came over, and she sat down next to me, and she said, hi. I said, hi there. And I forget what she asked. Are you here for something, something? And I said, uh, and I'm, I'm not very proud of this. I said, look, I don't really want to be a part of all this. I'm just waiting for my girlfriend. And I don't really feel like conversing. <laughs> and she said, oh, uh, okay. All right. And then she got up and walked away. And I asked myself, what did I just say? That was so rude. I replayed that scenario in my head and I thought that was just so rude. And so she walked away 
And then I felt a little funny because this person who was being nice and probably doing what she always does, she just talks about the candidates and uh, maybe the changes I want to see in our county. She probably did that with everyone she met and there was no ill intention. She wasn't trying to sell me something, although maybe she was trying to get me on a mailing list or something. But still, I know it was rude. And so I had to analyze that because I don't like being rude. In fact, what if she said, aren't you Paul Coliani? <laughs> aren't you that guy who does that podcast who is supposed to be this uh, credible, reputable, friendly person? If she had said that, I would have felt like a heel. I would have felt so bad. And if she said that, maybe that would have been a great opportunity to be really humble <laughs> and tell her, you're right. And you know, I need to look at that in myself. I need to figure that out. But she didn't say that, and I didn't go into that humble space. I kept owning the way I felt. However, I didn't like the way I felt. I felt awkward. I felt like I could have acted better. And why did I have these thoughts and then say what I said? And it has to do with how we prep ourselves before something like this. And I'll get to that in a moment. But when the rally was done and my girlfriend and I left, I said, you know, I hate to admit this, but I was rude to someone in there. And she goes, what? What do you mean? And I told her the story. And she goes, why did you say that? Why could <laughs> and I, I don't know why I, I said that. I just, it just came out of my mouth. And I don't know where it came from. She was like, I can't believe you said that. That's kind of embarrassing. And I said, I know. I, I, I don't know where it came from. And that night, I didn't know where it came from. But now, retrospectively, I look back and I remember not wanting to go. So before we even left our house, I remember not wanting to go. So I'm setting myself up for disappointment or something. I'm setting myself up because once I get there, I know I won't want to be there, which is what happened. We drove there. I don't want to go. But, you know, I'm an open-minded guy, so I'm just going to go. Uh, even though I don't want to go. And um, when we got there, I didn't want to be there. And then to add insult to injury, they wanted me to wear a name tag. I know, that's silly. They want you to wear a name tag? What's the big deal? Well, my thoughts went into the future, and I knew that wearing a name tag meant that people could say, hey, Paul, my name is so-and-so. Let's talk about something. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to wear a name tag because that meant people would approach me and talk to me. I didn't want to talk about the things that they talk about because I don't really care about some of them. I hate to admit it, but a lot of politics I don't care about, but I do still vote. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm out of it, but there's a lot of stuff that I hear that doesn't really excite me, but I still look at the issues and, and vote. But I didn't want to be at this rally. And uh, I also knew it was just going to be a bunch of people telling us what we wanted to hear. So I had that going on in mind. I had a lot of negativity in my mind. And while we were mingling, there were some good snacks. That was okay. But the people with the clipboards were walking around. The candidates were staring at me as I was walking by. You know, big smiles. Everyone's friendly, of course. But I got that feeling. Where does that feeling come from? The feeling comes from, I mean, this is one tiny portion of where this feeling came from for me. The feeling comes from how I prep myself. 
And before I left the house, I prepped myself. I prepared to be unhappy and disappointed and even a little resentful. I didn't know this at the time. I didn't realize it was happening. But again, looking back at this, how I prepped myself, how I prepared to do this thing was how it turned out for me. And when I found justification for how I felt, that justification is someone approaching me with a clipboard, I go, oh, here it is. Here it comes. I came up with something that was very probably deep subconscious stuff like, you know what? I'm good at honoring my boundaries and I'm just going to tell her off because I have a feeling she has an agenda. I'm sure she did have an agenda, but I'm sure it wasn't ill-intentioned. But I went back into that protective mode because I have to protect myself because what did I prepare for? I prepared not to like it. So when we prepare not to like something, we place this subconscious shield, for lack of a better term, or even conscious shield around us so that when we arrive where we don't want to be, we already have a bias toward the people, toward the place, on how we're going to respond to these people. We've already prepared ourselves to protect ourselves so that these people don't penetrate the barrier that we put up. And that barrier, I believe, has something to do with that social anxiety, with that social phobia. Because if that barrier wasn't there, then I could just be myself. And then when somebody approached me and said, hey, you know, are you going to vote for so-and-so? I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. I'm learning about this stuff. I don't know who's who, and I'm sure they're all great. And they may go, oh, yeah, totally. Well, here's some information. Here's a brochure. If you have any questions, come out and reach me. It would have been a friendly conversation, but I turned it into something that I felt uncomfortable about. We do this. We do this to ourselves. We create sometimes our own uncomfortable situations. How can I change this? What if I had to do this over again? I think if I had to do this over again, the first thing I would do is fully accept that I'm going to this thing and I should be a little bit more informed about where I'm going. Because I wasn't informed. I was just tagging along. I know she wanted to see it and I know that maybe it's my civic duty to to go there and listen to the candidates. And I felt that way, but there was still that negative under layer that I, that I felt as well. But maybe I should have researched a little bit. Maybe I should have become informed. Okay. So-and-so is going to be there and they're going to talk about these issues. So-and-so is going to be there and she fights for women's rights. And -and so-and-so is going to be there, be there. And he's talking about fair labor practices on and on and on. Even though some of that stuff doesn't really interest me, I agreed to go. I told my girlfriend that I will come because I want to hear this. Yet setting myself up to be disappointed is where everything started for me, is where the downfall of how I felt going there and what I felt when I got there and what I felt when someone approached me is all in the framing process of what happens before it happens. Meaning, How do you frame what you're going to do and where you're going to be and who you're going to talk to? How do you frame that in your mind before you end up going somewhere with other people? For me, this revealed a bit of social anxiety. I didn't feel like I was anxious, but I sure felt bad being there. And I felt awkward. I felt awkward being around these people. In fact, I felt a little bit underdressed. A lot of people were dressed up 
and I was in blue jeans. And so here I am walking around thinking, geez, you know, I don't know much about these candidates. I don't know much about the issues. And I am underdressed. Oh, God, I hope nobody talks to me. But maybe if I had prepared and said, you know what, I'm going to talk to people. Hey, how are you? It's not something I would necessarily want to do because I just want a quiet night at home with no strangers. When it comes to strangers, oh, now I got to tell my story. Oh, now we got to talk about politics. And I don't know much about politics. All these thoughts that I put in my head that may have never happened. We could have talked about the weather. We could have talked about anything. But, you know, it's a political rally, so you kind of expect that kind of talk. My point is, how do you frame what you're going to do and who you're going to be around? How do you frame your response? How do you frame how you'll feel? I think that's important. And before you do anything else, think about how you frame things. Figure out if you're actually setting yourself up for failure and disappointment. I mean, certainly there are places that you go and people that you see that you just don't want to see. I get that. So how can you frame it in a way where you can accept that you're going anyway, if you do go, uh, and you're going to see these people anyway, so what can you do? What step in a forward direction can you take where you don't have to concentrate on your defenses? If you can get to that point where you are concentrating less on how you're going to protect yourself and more on how you can contribute to a forward-moving conversation or fairly decent time, you may be just a tiny bit less socially awkward or socially anxious when you get there or when people come to your house or wherever you end up where there are other people. It's all about that social anxiety. Like I said, that's one one millionth of something that I'm addressing that goes much deeper into something else. I would love for you to take this survey so I know what you deal with with social anxiety so that I can learn from you what makes you socially awkward and how you deal with it or maybe how you don't deal with it or how it's worse every time or it just never changes I want you to do me a favor and go to theoverwhelmedbrain.com forward slash safe, the word safe, S-A-F-E. And that will take you to the survey form about social anxiety. It'll tell you what I'm doing and how I want to be able to take the expert advice from all these professionals that have helped people directly with their social anxiety. This survey is going to help shape this product so that you can have this in your ears as an audio product, so that you can have this in your ears on the way to a place that makes you anxious or around people that make you anxious. There's a lot more I want to say about it, but I just need your input. So do me a favor and go to theoverwhelmedbrain.com forward slash survey. Take the anxiety survey. And just so you know that this isn't a um, a bait and switch scheme, <laughs> if you take the survey, there is an offer at the end to pre-purchase the product before it's released. It's going to be on December 1st at a um, pretty steep discount. So I'm only going to offer this for um, a couple of weeks where the survey is going to be online. Once the couple of weeks is up, this episode will disappear. So you won't see that survey anymore. And I don't want you to miss out on that discount if you want. I mean, you don't have to buy anything. You just take the survey so that I know what you're dealing with. And I got some really smart people that I'm pulling in to um, be a part of this product. I'm talking psychologists, uh, social anxiety experts, anxiety coaches, and even a meditation coach 
just to get every single angle that I can to help you with your social anxiety. So it's going to be a really impactful product. If you are dealing with social anxiety, I want this to be what you turn to when you're starting to feel it, when you know you're going to feel it, when you know you're going to deal with it so that you can decrease it and maybe even eliminate it altogether. If you tell me where you are, I can ask them how to get out of this negative space that you might be in. So if you have social anxiety or you think you do or you had it in the past and you want to take this survey and share with me your experiences, I'd love to get your input. It'll help shape this for anyone that has social anxiety and become what I hope to be a sort of a one-stop shop so that you can actually decrease your social anxiety and maybe even get rid of it altogether. Like I said, therapy is a great option, but if you want to go a different route and have this one-stop shop for all these experts, this might be what you're looking for. Theoverwhelmedbrain.com forward slash survey. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you got something from this episode. Even if you don't take the survey, that's okay. But I would love to get your input. Looking forward to connecting with you again on the full episode this coming Sunday. Talk to you soon. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.